Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Justin Peters. I hope that you and your family are doing well today. I want to thank you very much for joining me for this podcast. So a couple of weeks ago, Todd White was preaching at his church, and uh, this sermon made quite a bit of uh, waves, and, and rightly so. I've, I've seen a couple of different YouTube channels uh, do a video on this, and that kind of alerted me to it, and I found the original link and I watched the sermon myself and um I I just I tell you this is going to be a painful video to watch um Todd White is preaching on 2 Corinthians 5:21 and many of you watching this you know it by heart he made him referring to God making Christ God the Father making the Son but he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, I want to show you a couple of clips from this sermon. And um, I'll just let you see this for yourself. And a couple of, at, at some points along the way, I will stop and uh, have some commentary. And Todd, if you by some chance are watching this, or if one of Todd White's friends is watching this video, please. Todd, watch the video all the way to the end. One of your friends watching this video, please, if you care about Todd White, please get this video to him and ask him to watch it. Here we go with the sermon. Because let's never forget, because all this stuff, like when we say Jesus who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus in Corinthians, right? Jesus became a gossip, a murderer, Full of strife, deceit, and malice. It wasn't in his mouth. It was on his body. Oh, you have to hear this, man. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin. Paul describes sin. Gossip, slander. Imagine Jesus as a gossip. You can't. He didn't do it. He became it. I'm like seeing this for the first time. Like I've read the scripture so many times when I'm seeing it. And I'm like, you became gossip. (laughs) You may already be able to tell kind of where this is headed. It's going to get a lot worse. But notice what he said. He said, uh, I'm seeing this for the first time. He's read this verse before. But now for the first time, he's beginning to contemplate its meaning. And I want to pause there because... Here's what I've observed from Todd White in the last year or so, summer of last year, 2020, when he made his big, um, you know, quote unquote, repentance that was that lasted all of a week uh, was not real repentance. Um, But Todd White talked about how for the first time he was seeing that, oh, wow, you've you've uh, people have to realize they're sinners before the cross makes any sense. He was reading Ray Comfort, which is good, and Charles Spurgeon, which is good. And so here, this this really reminded me, 
this sermon of what he said last year. He, he's kind of seeing this for the first time. Here's my point. If you were, if you were for the first time contemplating a text like 2 Corinthians 5.21, you've got no business being behind the pulpit. Here's what's going on. It, the sense I get is that like Todd White is, for the first time, beginning to read some some pretty good sources. You know, if he's reading Spurgeon like he says he is, that's good. And so for the first time in his life, he's beginning to see some things that he's never seen before. He does not understand what he's doing, does not understand the 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 meaning of scripture, the the meaning of the gospel, doesn't understand imputation, and yet he and yet he's a preacher. So what's hap- what you're about to see here is akin to giving a six-year-old keys to a Lamborghini. Okay, not a good idea. I was talking with Jim Osmond, pastor friend of mine, about this very video. Um, I let him listen to it. He was, anyway, I let him listen to it, wasn't able to watch it, but he heard the audio. And he, he said it's like giving a two-year-old a hammer. You know, you give a two-year-old a hammer and you, you, you don't know what he's going to hit or what kind of damage he's going to do. Todd White is doing all kinds of damage because he doesn't have any idea what he's doing. He is, he is for the first time in his life, beginning to see something. Now, I'm not saying he's regenerate. I'm not saying that at all. In fact, towards the end of the video, I'll talk about why I don't think he is uh, at all. But I want that for him. But he's got no business being behind the pulpit. You know, my wife made uh, an illustration one time, shared it with me, and I thought it was really good, and I've used it several times since, so I'll credit her for those of you who have not heard me say this. She made the point, point. it's an excellent observation, in every area of life, we seek out the best, right? We want the best doctor to give us medical care. We want the best dentist to fill our cavities. Uh, we seek out people who are trained in their profession, experts in in their field of, of, of expertise, we want the best, even with things that are not as important. We want, you know, we want a good mechanic to fix our car. We want a good plumber to fix our leaky sink. We don't call some, we don't seek out people to do things for us that have no idea what they're doing. We want the best, right? So how is it that in the one area of life that is by far, by far the most important, the the nurturing and, and feeding of our souls on the Word of God, eh, anything will do. You know, that's, that's okay. You know, anything will do. You know, when it comes to rightly dividing God's word of truth. And, and friends, there is no more, there is no greater responsibility than to preach God's word. No greater responsibility to preach God's word. And yet so many people who profess to be Christians, profess to be Christians, are perfectly satisfied with any with any guy or gal, unfortunately for many professing Christians, uh, to to get up and and preach from God's word and supposedly nurture our eternal souls and help us to understand God better. Ah, anything will do. Anything will do. Ah, it's okay. You know, if he doesn't know what he's doing, that's no big deal. It's just preaching. 
It's just preaching. Todd White has no idea what he's doing. And you're about to see this is about to get a lot worse. What? It's hard for us to think about it because Jesus never gossiped. But he became gossip. On the tree he became gossip. On the tree he became slanderer. Did he slander? No, he became it. Did he deserve it? Are you kidding? He never sinned. He, he was with the Father in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Jesus was always with God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit always together. It's crazy to see this. He became it. He became insolent. He became haughty. He became boastful. He became an inventor of evil. Jesus became an inventor of evil on that tree. Jesus became an inventor of evil. One of the sins listed in Romans chapter 1. This describes those who are unregenerate people who have been given over to a depraved mind. And Todd White says Jesus became an inventor of evil. And it gets worse. Jesus became child pornography on the tree. Listen! Jesus became full of pornography on the tree. Jesus became a thief on the tree. Jesus became addiction on the tree. Jesus became a hater of God on the tree. What does it mean for him to become sin? Jesus became lost on the tree. Jesus became child pornography. Jesus became lost. Jesus became Satan worship on a tree. Are you hearing me? This is really hard to even say. Yet it's true. What does it mean that he who knew no sin became sin? Jesus became bestiality on a tree. Bestiality. Jesus became bestiality on a tree. It gets worse. Jesus became sex trafficking on a tree. Oh my gosh! Jesus became every lustful thought on a tree. It's no joke, it's real. Jesus became child molester on a tree. That is absolutely disgusting. Utterly reprehensible. Disgusting. Blasphemy. Utter and sheer blasphemy. I have never, I don't, I don't think I have ever in my life heard anything more disgusting than that. And that comes after years, decades of listening to the likes of Kenneth Copeland and Benny Hinn. Utterly reprehensible. This is why a preacher is not to be a new convert. One of the reasons. Now, I'm not saying Todd White is. I don't believe that he is. 
I don't believe the man is regenerate. I don't see how you could be indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God and say such things. Utterly disgusting. Like the six-year-old with keys to a Lamborghini or a two-year-old with a hammer. He has absolutely no idea what he's doing. He has no business doing what he's doing. So, let's look at the text, shall we? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And below this, I have it for you there in Greek, and the pertinent phrase here in 2 Corinthians 5.21, both in English and in Greek there, I have highlighted in red. So, the literal rendering of this in Greek is the one not having known sin, for us sin he made. Now, Greek word order is often very different than it is in English, but it says the one not having known sin, of course referring to Jesus, he, God, made sin for us, made Jesus sin on our behalf. Now, dear friends, this is not saying that Jesus literally turned into sin in the ontological sense. Jesus did not become sin by his character and his nature. He did not literally turn into sin. Jesus was made an offering for our sin. Jesus was treated by God on the cross as though he were a sinner, even though he was not. One of the fundamental rules of biblical hermeneutics is that scripture interprets scripture. And so let's go to another text, this one in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8, verse 3, that has uh, much the same idea in view here, okay? Romans 8, 3, and I'll put it for you in English and in Greek. Paul writes, For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. Whenever you see words that are italicized, that means that they're not actually in the Greek text. They're supplied by the translators to make the meaning clear. In fact, look down. I have it for you in Greek, uh, in red there. And the Greeks literally says, and for sin. You see that word offering is not there in the Greek. The Greek just literally says, that part of the verse is, and for sin. So an offering that's not in the text it's supplied by the translators because that is the that is the idea that is conveyed so friends jesus was not literally made sin he did not turn into sin he did not metamorphosize he did not change character and nature and turn into sin itself he was made an offering for our sin it's a very big difference Okay, I want us now to look at the Old Testament sin offering that is described in Leviticus chapter 6. Okay, so let's look at this. Leviticus chapter 6, verses 24 through 29. Then the Lord Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, This is the law of the sin offering. In the place where the burnt offering is slain, the sin offering shall be slain before the Lord. It is most holy. The priest who offers it for sin shall eat it. It shall be eaten in a holy place, in the court of the tent meeting. Anyone who touches its flesh will become consecrated. Again, reflecting its holiness. 
And when any of its blood splashes on a garment in a holy place, you shall wash what was splashed on. Also the earthenware vessel in which it was boiled shall be broken. And if it was boiled in a bronze vessel, then it shall be scoured and rinsed in water. Every male among the priests may eat of it. It is most holy. So dear friends, in the Old Testament, even in the Old Testament, when we're dealing with animals that were sacrificed as a sin offering, they were considered holy. They were considered holy before the sacrifice. They were considered holy during the sacrifice. They were considered holy after the sacrifice. Let's look at Exodus chapter 12, verse 5. Your lamb shall be an unblemished male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. An unblemished male, again, denotes the idea of holiness. Friends, think about this. If an animal, if a sheep or a goat was considered holy before it was sacrificed, while it was being sacrificed, and then after it was sacrificed. And these things were only shadows. These things just foreshadowed what was to come. But if these animals were considered holy, how much more so the eternal Son of God, how much more so the thrice holy Son of God who offered His life on the cross, the Lamb without blemish. Dear friends, Jesus was holy before the cross. Jesus was holy on the cross. And Jesus remains holy today after the cross. He did not literally turn into sin. And the how, how anyone could say that Jesus was... It's hard for me to even repeat it, but a, a, a child molester on the cross? I, oh, utter blasphemy. Jesus did not turn into sin. He was made an offering for our sin. This was a judicial thing. Our sin was imputed to Christ. It was, it was credited, if you will, to Christ's account. And when God saves us, the punishment that Jesus bore on the cross to pay for the sins of his people fully satisfied God's righteous wrath. The full undiluted fury of God's wrath was poured out on his eternal and holy son. And Jesus perfectly satisfied that perfect wrath. And when God saves us, the righteousness of Christ is imputed to us. It is, it is credited to us. We become righteous, not because we have any inherent righteousness, because we don't. As Christians, we have been described as simul justus et peccator. Now that's Latin. That's a phrase from Martin Luther. It's a Latin phrase, and it simply means that we are at the same time just and sinners. We are sinners. As Christians, you and I sin. First John 1 John 1.9 was written to believers. So yes, we, we still sin as believers, not like we did before we were converted. There should be a decreasing pattern of sin in our lives, but we still, from time to time, sin. We, we do sin. So even though I, as a Christian, I am still a sinner, but when God sees me, judicially 
he looks at he looks at at this frail sinner and he sees the righteousness of Christ why because my sin was imputed to Christ on the cross his righteousness is imputed to me it is counted it is credited to my account and so i have the righteousness of Christ even though at the same time left to myself my own character my own nature i am i'm nowhere near as righteous as Christ is left to myself but i have the covering of Christ i have i have the the righteousness of Christ that has been imputed credited to my account i am a sinner but at the same time just i am just and at the same time a sinner when jesus was on the cross he did not turn into sin he was not a sinner but he was treated by god as though he were and think about it this way dear friends if jesus actually turned into a couple of points i want to make if jesus actually turned into sin then the wrath of god that that was poured out on him was actually deserved but friends that you've completely gutted the gospel with that the whole point of the gospel is that jesus bore god's wrath even though he did not deserve it he did not deserve it but if he actually turned into sin then he did deserve it but he didn't that's the whole point of the gospel jesus bore the wrath of god that you deserve and that i deserve he bore it on our behalf and he satisfied satisfied god's wrath because he never was a sinner nor did he ever turn into sin god treated him as though he were a sinner but he never was and he certainly did not turn into sin so that's one point another point is this if jesus actually turned into sin then you have completely destroyed immutability now immutability that's a big 3 word but all it means that is the theological truth that god does not change he does not change jesus does not change hebrews 13:8 he is the same yesterday today and forever friends if jesus turned into sin if he actually became sin by his character and his nature in a ontological sense then that is a fundamental change in who Jesus is and was that is a fundamental change because according to what Todd White is preaching Jesus was holy before the cross but when he was on the cross no he fundament there was a fundamental change and yet that flies in the face of the clear teaching of scripture he's the same yesterday today and forever if there was ever a time when jesus changed if there was ever a time in fact you might remember in that clip todd white actually said that jesus became lost what does it mean for him to become sin jesus became lost on the tree if he became lost and he's not god friends if there was ever a time even for a nanosecond that jesus was not god then he never was god to begin with because god not only will not change he cannot change hear that not just that he won't he can't he can't 
He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1, 18-20. The Apostle Peter writes, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your futile conduct inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world. Dear friends, Jesus was the lamb without blemish. He was spotless. And he was foreknown before the foundation of the world. And just as a quick aside, that text does real injury to the idea of foreknowledge. Just be that is just God looking down through the corridors of time to see what will or will not happen. No, Jesus was foreknown by God from before the foundation of the world. That's just a little aside. My apologies to all of our Armenian friends out there. Point being. Jesus was spotless. He was the lamb without blemish. He did not turn into sin. He was made an offering for our sin. Todd White has absolutely no idea what he's doing. He is playing with things that he does not understand. He is not apt to teach on any level. And I'm going to say this too. Shame on Dr. Michael Brown because Dr. Michael Brown has been out. He's met with Todd on several occasions, has said that he has a tremendous heart for the Lord. Dr. Michael Brown actually preached at Todd White's church a little over a year ago, summer of 2020, preached at his church. And um, Michael Brown has assured me that Todd White he said, "Is by no means a charlatan. He's the he's the real deal. You know, he he really loves the Lord." Doctor Michael Brown should know that Todd White is not even remotely qualified to be behind the pulpit. Doctor Michael Brown has done Todd White no favors. Michael Brown should have told him, "Todd, you need to step down. You're not qualified to do what you're doing." Let's remember, friends, it was last summer about the time that Michael Brown went out to Todd's church, that Todd White made this big announcement that up until that point, he had never understood the basics. I mean, the fundamental, just the basics of the gospel. Then what are you doing in the pulpit? Get out for your own sake and for the sake of the people that you're teaching. Get out of the pulpit. You've got no business being there. And to circle back around, uh, why I believe that Todd White is not regenerate, um, amongst other reasons. Todd White, uh, for over a decade, has been intentionally deceiving people with his leg lengthening routine. And I'll, I think I'm going to do more about that in a future video. I've been wanting to do it for some time, just haven't gotten around to it, but it's it's going to come. Uh, intentionally deceiving people. He goes around on, on the streets healing people at random and I'm going to prove, it's already been proven. It's already been proven in the American Gospel film. You can watch it. If you haven't, I commend it to you. Uh, but Todd White goes up to people and he supposedly lengthens their legs. That's intentional deception. That's deliberate, intentional deception. And he's been doing it for years. He's been doing it for over a decade, intentionally deceiving people. If Todd White were truly a Christian, truly regenerate, then one of the first fruits of his repentance would be that he would come out and publicly confess that. 
Todd, if you happen to be watching or one of your friends is watching right now, if you're a friend of Todd White and you need to tell him that, one of the real fruits, if if he is truly repentant, uh, will be that he'll come out and he'll admit that he has been defrauding people, intentionally deceiving people. He needs to come forward and publicly confess that. And then if he's truly repentant, he will step down from the ministry because if he's truly repentant, he will realize and he will understand that he is not qualified to be behind the pulpit. He should be in front of the pulpit, listening and learning, not behind it, obviously. I want to show you another clip. This is from earlier in the sermon, but watch this. I want you to understand that when I approach people that are in the world, it's hard for me, for me as an evangelist, to talk about the twistedness of sin because I know that they're blind and they can't see it. So I'm not trying to come over the top and judge people and hammer them. Are you with me? I love people. I find that very ironic because Todd White says that he has a very hard time talking to people about sin. He doesn't want to come down on people and you know be judgmental on people. And he says as an evangelist, he finds that difficult. Now, it's not that evangelism is easy. It's not because I'm an evangelist. It, it's not easy. But friends, I have watched dozens, dozens of Todd White's supposed gospel presentations to people where he he supposedly shares the gospel with people. I can honestly tell you, as many of these as I have watched, and they go back 10 plus years in time on YouTube, I have not a single time, not once, have I heard him confront a person in his or her sin. I have not once heard him make that person realize that he or she is a sinner. It's always, he always goes up to people and tells them how wonderful they are. Oh, God just thinks you're awesome. God thinks you're awesome, bro. God thinks you're awesome. I mean, he just, he makes people think they're all that in a bag of chips, that they are just the greatest thing since sliced bread. That's not how you present the gospel. So that is ironic. Todd White is not an evangelist. He's not doing evangelism biblically. But what I find ironic, I mean, that's that's ironic in and of itself, but what I really find ironic is that he won't confront a person in his or her sin, and yet he will get up on the platform and tell the world that Jesus on the cross became lost and became child molestation. He could say that but he won't confront an actual sinner in his sin. Todd, if you're watching this, I don't hate you. I do hate what you're doing. I absolutely hate what you're doing because you are bringing untold reproach on the gospel. It seems to me as though you're finally reading some stuff that you've never read before and you don't know what to make of it. You've got no business being behind the pulpit. Step down. Step down. And if you want to know the true gospel, the real gospel, I would love to help you. I really would. But right now, you're like a a two-year-old with a hammer. Six-year-old with keys to a Lamborghini. You don't know what you're doing. 
But if you want to know the true gospel, I will help you. Reach out to me. Okay, dear friends, I hope this has been helpful. Boy, it's been painful, hasn't it? Golly. Um, I hope it's been helpful, and I hope it's been a good little theological lesson for us. Jesus did not turn into sin. He was made an offering for our sin. Until our next time together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, or interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.